0: Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This is going to be episode number 70.
1: I like 70. And it's fitting because we're going to talk about the 70s tonight. I didn't even realize that.
0: Everything has just come together. It's all coming together. Everything's making sense. If
1: only I can figure out some way to put Harry Houdini into this episode, then... golden
0: don't worry about paragraph six i'll found a way to incorporate harry houdini into this story regardless of whether or not he has anything whatsoever to do i've already figured out how with what we're talking about i've got it so crystal please tell me how have you been this week
1: i'm excellent it's been quite an eventful week your parents were here for mother's day and your birthday
0: my birthday yay yay (laughs) it was such a celebration
1: and I always lose track of days when we have visitors and we're about to fly out to Vegas again, so my time is going to get even more messed up.
0: You, We just get messed up for like a whole it
1: takes me forever. month before yeah, we get back. Yeah, it's about a month before my body readjusts to this time zone.
0: And you just say, why do I not live on the West Coast outside of the fact that would require me living on the West Coast?
1: Well, it's not exactly on the coast, but...
0: Well, the western side of the United States of America, on the other side of the Rio Grande. Yeah,
1: I do better with that time zone. I can stay up really late and get up really early, it seems like.
0: <laughs> yeah, because really early over there is like 2 p.m. here. So I guess you do succeed. Well, at that. that last
1: night, we didn't go to bed until 6 a.m.
0: Well, those. Which was 9 a.m. here. Those slot machines ain't going to gamble <laughs> themselves, and you certainly can't do it in your sleep. <laughs>
1: So we're going to have a very fun episode this week, but before we get into it, we wanted to share a listener story from Savannah Marchion.
0: One of our favorite listeners. She is. She's She's the one that sends me coffee. Yeah, and that's why you're her biggest fan.
1: Well, she sent me the story a while back, and I've been meaning to share it for a while, but finally getting to it.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: It says, hey, Brett and Crystal. So I have a really interesting story, Eerie Encounter. But before I tell you the story, I'm a very strong believer in hoodoo and voodoo, as I've had experience with it. And living in Charleston, the Gola culture is still strong, especially in downtown Charleston and out where I live in Somerville. And I know a lot of people don't believe in all that and in the supernatural and in ghosts and spirits, but as you all know, I am. I've had my fair share of seeing a lot of things and experiencing a lot of things. Well, we definitely believe or we wouldn't be having this podcast.
0: Certainly. <laughs> so I think the people listening her. will believe you. Oh yeah.
1: So here's my eerie encounter. So on Friday night, I went on one of my regular cemetery tours. I try to go at least once or twice a month. Sounds like our kind of person. Yep. <laughs> so this last Friday we had a different tour guide than normal. So as I was walking through the gate, I got this strange feeling of anger and it would fade and come back. You have that happen all the time.
0: I get angry a lot, but it's usually because people get in my way, or there's an unformed line, or a ghost appears in our room and scares you and tries to choke you to death. Maybe not necessarily in that order.
1: So we keep going on the tour, and we get about halfway through, and we stopped at one of the normal stops, and I noticed something in the oak tree behind me, and I looked over my shoulder, thinking it was one of the egrets that lived in the cemetery and didn't think much of it, and walked another 200 feet and stopped again, and I heard another oak tree moving and shuffling. And mind you, it was a quiet, cool night. No wind or rain, just quiet. I looked over my shoulder at the oak tree, and there in the oak tree, standing about five feet tall, was a Boo Hag.
0: Well, that's all you had to say. I certainly wouldn't be continuing on that tour myself. I'd be heading back to the Hacienda.
1: She was skin and bones and looked like someone had skinned an alligator. She was darker pigment and almost looked Cuban, black hair. She had a long, thick walking stick, long, thin, lanky fingers with long white nails, soul-crushing, solid black eyes. It kind of had a long oval face, but not many features, small rounded nose. It made my stomach drop, and I seriously think my heart stopped for three seconds. And as I went to go move, it looked at me. And took a few steps, and it vanished. And I could hear the marsh across from me ripple. And when she took those few steps, it sounded like wet chapped leather. It was something I've never experienced, and don't think I ever
0: want to again. Well, that's uh, where her and you differ, because you'd be <laughs> like, "It's a boo hag. Give me my cell phone. So I'm gonna take me a picture of a boo hag." It's
1: basically a witch.
0: Yes, we haven't actually talked about. I know. So I was thinking here, we have haven't we?
1: talked about it for our audience. But, yeah, she gave a good description of what it looked like. So
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that. Not something you
1: want to run into.
0: Maybe we'll come to Charleston and try to find it. I mean, I don't want to, but it sounds like something you're going to want to do.
1: I went earlier today and talked to my good friend and asked her opinion about what I saw because I've heard so many stories about boo-hags. And she just looked at me and mumbled something and said without a doubt in her mind, that's what I encountered and that I was lucky that she didn't follow me home and consume my soul. And she did a small ritual with salt and said this was for extra measures. So, yeah, she
0: doesn't. Maybe we ought to go to Charleston and take her some of that wood that the uh, Paranormal Society of Savannah gave us when we went and yeah. did that investigation at their coffee shop in Midway.
1: Yeah, that uh, I don't remember what it was called, but you're supposed to burn it.
0: It smells good wood
1: as you come into your house. Just That's what to I keep, would call just it. for
0: extra. You know, just protection. so you don't have anything fall into the house.
1: So, our friends from Please Don't Follow Me Home would tell you to always ask whatever it is not to follow you home before you leave, wherever. So, yeah, next time, ask that whatever it is not to follow you home.
0: I hear stuff moving around in here, and I'm hoping it's the dogs and that we haven't angered Cynthia.
1: We've already put the dogs to bed.
0: Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah,
1: so wonderful. That was really scary. What do you? What would you do if that happened to you,
0: if you encountered a boo-hack? Let me ask you a question to answer your question. What do you think I would do?
1: I don't know, because you didn't freak out when we actually came in contact with the entity at the Marshall House.
0: See, I think I would be terrified, but I guess it depends on how something manifested itself to me. I, my brain didn't really process what was happening. It couldn't make sense of it at the time. So I wasn't really terrified. I was more confused than anything when when we saw what we saw at the Marshall House. And it took me a little bit to process it after it had gone yeah. before I realized, oh, that was not natural. There's well, what no I would have done
1: was pull out my cell phone and try to follow it and take a picture.
0: Then why didn't you? Like a reasonable
1: you? person. Now I'm talking about the boohag.
0: You would have done that?
1: Yeah, if it's running away. I'm not going to like,
0: Well, yeah, based on what she's saying here, it sounds like all this happened really quick. So she was probably in a sense of stupor, sort of like I would have been. always going
1: to be ready with the cell phone.
0: Well, I am sure that if she thought that she needed to take a picture, she'd pull her cell phone out and take a picture. Well, she cell.
1: doesn't want to have another encounter.
0: Well, I don't either. I don't want her to have another encounter, which is why we're going to Charleston.
1: (laughs) So thank you very much, Savannah, for sharing with us. And if anyone else has any encounters with Boo Hags or anything else, and you want to share it with us, just email us. And she was also nice enough to leave us a Facebook review.
0: That was so nice. And that's something we just recently discovered is even possible. So if you want to do it, go to Facebook and go to our page, And leave us a review. We would appreciate it.
1: Or any podcast player helps us with growing up in algorithms, they say.
0: You're using big words that you don't really know what they mean.
1: I know algorithms are a thing.
0: Sort of like when you're in high school and you pushed on the pole door.
1: Okay, you do that still.
0: I'm old now. It's okay. (laughs) You do that a lot, actually. I'm confused. My (laughs) vision's going. I I don't know directions anymore. I know. You used to be great at directions
1: and i would just like never even care where we were or where the car was you know i'm like oh he he knows where everything is but now i'm the one i'm like no this is not the way to go
0: <laughs> i blame old age i've just lost it lost uh, it 45 years old it's just too much
1: that's when you start losing your sense of direction
0: hopefully i won't lose my sense of humor anytime soon because if i do then i just ain't got nothing <laughs> going for me
1: <laughs> so savannah's review says I love this podcast. I love the commentary between the two. The variety of different stories keeps you on your feet and always makes you wonder where they'll take you next. It's always fun to hear about the dogs and their ongoing adventures. Those dogs are interesting.
0: Yeah, they were threatening us tonight, but maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah,
1: We also wanted to give a quick little update from last week's episode, Choked to Death by Law, when we talked about the town of Dallas, North Carolina, like we said, we grew up there, but we haven't been back there in a long time. So we, we asked... We were there
0: for a very long time, though. I mean, yeah. for you, I mean, a short amount of time, because you're far younger than oh, me, yeah. of course.
1: Yeah, for most of our lives, we lived in that area. But oh, yeah. uh, we asked about ham radios, because we know nothing about it. And one of our listeners gave us some info. Todd Ilm says that ham, or amateur radio, requires a test, and you receive a license from the FCC. I had no idea you had to have a license on so a, a radio. you're a G
0: man at this point basically.
1: I really had no idea you needed a license it's to own a radio. It's almost like something
0: I should have known being involved in big government.
1: I think you should have known this. There are several levels of licenses.
0: Wow. So you okay. get like higher you clearance. You citizens band, which is CB, so that's what CB yeah, stands for. Yeah, we know that. So apparently we were kind of right then that's what they call those radios where you have your call signs and such. Yeah,
1: Mama did have a CB radio. I've just never been acquainted with ham radios. But you radios. don't need
0: no license for that.
1: You're right. And it's limited to short-range transmission. Yeah. So you couldn't talk to people in other countries like you had suggested that I had.
0: Or Saturn.
1: No, definitely not Saturn. The Shelby Ham Fest, which we said was hosted in Dallas, has now been moved back to Shelby. So if you're wanting to attend that event, it will be in Shelby now.
0: Shelby's not that far. Nah. It's a quick little drive. I mean it's 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 a little drive, but it's not that far.
1: And I was sad to hear they changed the name of Cotton Ginning Days. Now it's called the Heritage and Harvest Festival.
0: They just can't leave nothing be, can they? They haven't updated their be website changed.
1: because I checked that. They
0: haven't probably updated their website since back when GeoCities yes, was a thing. Yes, it's and a very old website. I don't know if you remember website. GeoCities, I do. but I think the first website I ever made was on GeoCities <laughs> back before the internet existed.
1: <laughs> so that's all some good information. Thank you, Todd. Now we're going to get into this week's topic. You all know that I'm a huge baseball fan and Who Brett pretends would. to be.
0: Acted like they knew that. Just look Go at yourself.
1: <laughs> but I like watching all things baseball. I'll watch any game that's on. I especially like watching Quick Pitch Late Night on MLB, where they recap the day's games in rapid fashion. You
0: know, I'll three AM, she's watching stuff about baseball <laughs> games and teams she doesn't care anything about. I like to see them lose. Okay,
1: <laughs> there's certain ones They're I want to so see negative. lose. There's certain ones, and no, oh, there's certain ones you don't like either.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of some. <laughs>
1: yeah, we open. won't alienate any of our I listeners. won't
0: name any one of those specific teams <laughs> right now, but yeah.
1: Some of my favorite movies growing up were Bull Durham, The Proud of the Yankees, The Babe, Cobb, Eight Men Out, A League of Their Own, and of course, the classic movie, Major League. And none of these movies were probably movies I should have been watching.
0: I'm sure. At I don't that even age. know for a fact that you should be watching them at your age now.
1: Major League was a 1989 comedy that followed the Cleveland Indians, who were the current day Cleveland Guardians, fight to save their team from being moved out of Cleveland to Florida. So, the extent of my knowledge of the Cleveland Indians was what I saw in that movie. Basically, they were not a great baseball team and their attendance was low. That was, in fact, true, especially in the 33-year span from 1960 to 1993, when they managed only one third-place finish in all that time.
0: Sound like an exciting team for all their fans.
1: (laughs) Other than a handful of times, they were at or near the bottom of their division. They had four seasons where they racked up over 100 losses. For those of you who aren't baseball fans, that's a lot. A full season is 162 games, so losing over 100
0: is really terrible. It's almost like...
1: Why even bother?
0: Why even be playing baseball? (laughs) Why even show up? Exactly. I guess it's to make that league minimum. (laughs) (laughs)
1: These days, the Cleveland Guardians, as they are known post-2021, are a much better franchise. They won their American League Central Division just last year. They went on to lose to the Yankees, but they still had a great season.
0: I thought we weren't going to talk about teams that we didn't like.
1: I don't personally have anything against the Guardians. Yankees. Oh, well, eh. our daughter dates a Yankees fan.
0: It's just too much for you to handle in your your genteel Southern hot. You just can't find a -um a place. Daggum Yankee. Daggum Yankee fan.
1: (laughs) Well, he's a Yankee too. (laughs) Oh, my
0: goodness, Crystal. You know, we got some Northerners boy. that listen to our podcast, I still love right? the boy
1: despite his faults.
0: Because <laughs> he's <laughs> from up north and he likes the Yankees? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh, okay.
1: <laughs> but for this story, we're going back to the good old days when the words politically correct probably weren't invented yet. We're taking it back to the 1970s. 1974, to be exact, to a night that will live on in infamy as 10 cent Beer Night. Catchy little title. Ten
0: Cent Beer Night.
1: To understand this epic event properly, we need to get a picture of what life was like in Cleveland, Ohio, in 1974. Cultural unrest, such as the Vietnam War, mixed with Cleveland's failing economy, weighed heavy on its population. The hundreds of factories that provided employment began closing, leaving thousands without jobs. Racial tensions were high. People were leaving the city by the thousands. People were struggling on all levels. The city's air quality was dismal, on the level with modern-day China.
0: That is really (laughs) bad.
1: This was a time before the EPA really cracked down on businesses, so they just dumped all their industrial waste into the nearby Cuyahoga River, which was covered in oil slicks, resulting in multiple fires throughout the 50s, 60s, and 70s.
0: So it wasn't unusual to go outside and be like, well, the river's on fire again.
1: Yeah, it happened a lot. It said that rat corpses floated along the river so bloated they looked like small dogs. So yeah, Cleveland sounds like it needs a little break. What better reprieve from all your woes than a night of baseball and beer? Well, it just so happened the Cleveland Indians needed to boost their ticket sales, so they advertised a 10-cent beer night. The cheap seats would cost you about 50 cents, so for a dollar, you could watch the game and have yourself five beers.
0: Not getting better.
1: This sounds like a win-win for the team and the struggling residents. So let's set the scene for the night of June 4th, 1974.
0: I bet the river was on fire that night after whatever's about to happen.
1: Well, they had had a previous uh, five-cent beer night in 1971, and there was little to no incident, so they thought this was a great idea. And like I said, the Indians were not a very good team in 1974. They would go on to finish that season with only 77 wins and 85 losses. Game attendance in general was low with only a couple thousand fans in regular attendance. To put that in perspective, the Braves averaged close to 40,000 a night. So 2,000 is... You
0: look at one of these big stadiums and if you see that 2,000 people, it really looks like nobody's <laughs> Nobody, there. Yeah.
1: Their big rival at that time was the Texas Rangers. They had played a heated game against the Rangers in Arlington Stadium in Texas the week prior. That game ended in a brawl.
0: Which is love, what you pray for every single baseball game. You I, almost saw one last I night, know, didn't
1: you? I love a good bench-clearing brawl. And we don't see enough of those these days. I'm really, I wish they would bring that back.
0: You're so violent. People wouldn't. (laughs) You
1: love violence.
0: I don't hide it and try to act like I don't. (laughs) You act like you're just a normal person. But in reality, you're a twisted psychopath.
1: (laughs) Because I like a brawl.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's it.
1: Anyways, after that game in Texas, the Rangers manager, Billy Martin, was interviewed and asked if he was worried about playing in Cleveland the following week. He said, quote,
0: No, nah, they won't have enough fans there to worry about it.
1: End quote. To which the people of Cleveland replied, hold my 10 cent beer.
0: <laughs>
1: in that week leading up to the game, radio stations hyped up the game and promoted the 10 cent event. So for reference, 10 cents in 1974 is about 55 cents today. So that's really cheap for a beer. Well,
0: I'd buy a 55 cent beer.
1: I know. Now, the organizers of this event weren't totally irresponsible in their planning. They set a limit of six beers per individual at a time.
0: Oh, well. So you could buy six beers at a time, walk away. Yes. And walk right back and be like, well, I'm ready for round two.
1: Because really, how many beers can one person hold at a time? I'm guessing it's six, because seven would just be cumbersome. And did I mention that the legal drinking age at the time was 18 years old?
0: Oh, wow. This is just, uh, this is going to be bad.
1: <laughs> and did I tell you that over 25,000 people mostly young, rowdy kids, showed up for this game.
0: Hey, 10-cent beer is a 10-cent beer. Now, come on <laughs> They now. said it was cheaper know. than going to a bar. It was, it was so cheaper than going to a bar, plus you get to go watch baseball, even if you don't like baseball.
1: So these weren't baseball fans, but they were beer fans, so they showed up in droves. And back then, <laughs> there were no security measures of any kind. You could bring anything you wanted into the stadium, weapons, marijuana, fireworks, and this young crowd did just that.
0: It's the wild, wild west.
1: Mix in some cheap beer, and what could possibly go wrong? The game begins, and the Texas Rangers quickly take a five to one lead over the Indians. Early on, the Texas Rangers pitcher Ferguson Jenkins is hit in the stomach by a line drive off the bat of Indian Laron Lee. The increasingly inebriated crowd loves this and chants, Hit him again, hit him again, harder, harder.
0: Oh, so I know which <laughs> you know where I'd be where you would fit in.
1: So, sounds like things are going well so far. Random firecrackers are going off around the stadium, and a haze of marijuana smoke fills the air. The beer keeps flowing. Sort of. Who did the powers that be hire to keep up with this rowdy crowd?
0: I'm sure it's somebody that's well-qualified and of legal drinking age, probably.
1: Well, not exactly. Two teenage girls
0: in skimmy
1: tops because it was the 70s and it was a different time.
0: Oh, I'm sure they were more than capable of handling (laughs) 25,000 drunken 18-year-olds that are there with weapons, marijuana, and presumably flamethrowers.
1: These girls were struggling to keep up, so they decided to just pull the beer trucks up behind the outfield fence so they'd have easier access to the beer.
0: It makes sense, really.
1: Sports writer Paul Jackson described this event in an article in 2008.
0: Early on, the demand for beer surpassed the Indians' capacity to ferry it to concession stands, and a luminary, perhaps the same person who suggested the promotion in the first place, decided to allow fans to line up behind the outfield fences and have their cups filled directly from Stroh's company trucks. This promotion achieved critical mass at that moment as weaving, hooting cues of people refilled via industrial spigot.
1: Sounds amazing. So you got this one poor girl pouring all the beers and the other one collecting the money. The long line of increasingly unruly fans are not happy with their wait time. Eventually the two girls get frustrated, give up, and just leave.
0: I'll take my whale well, we collected from twenty five thousand fans. What does that mean we've got about a dollar fifty?
1: <laughs> they said take this job and shove it. Now Ten Cent Beer Night is essentially free beer night. The crowd starts helping themselves to the kegs of beer, filling their cups, drinking directly from the taps, or just taking the kegs of beer back to their seats for easier distribution. Now that the beer situation is handled, let's get back to the game. In the second inning, a middle-aged woman came out to the on-deck circle and flashed her breasts to the crowd, and then tried to kiss the umpire, Nestor Kylak. However, he was not in the kissing mood, and the woman was removed. Not to be outdone, a man streaked across the outfield wearing nothing but two black socks. Why? <laughs> I don't Why? Know. A security officer chased the man, but ended up with nothing but one of the socks, and I'm hoping the other one was not on the man's foot. Well, I'm sure it was. (laughs) Speaking of security guards, there were only 50 hired that night for a crowd of 25,000 people. Another naked man sprinted towards second base and slid into the bag and, according to a sports writer at the time, probably got dirt in places unsuitable for speculation. I'm sure that you know guy. know hurts to I slide? Know. I'm sure he quickly regretted that I decision.
0: girls that slide when they played softball or they'd have shorts or something. They, they'd they get some pretty nasty bruises. What
1: are you thinking a a of a league of their own movie. where the girl slid in because she's wearing a skirt and her ah, leg was all gotta, scratched
0: up? You got a shiner. It would be really, really painful to slide
1: in naked. But the naked people just keep on coming. A father and son team ran onto the outfield and mooned the crowd.
0: Well, you got to have a bonding experience, and what better way to do it than, well, yeah.
1: <laughs> streakers became so numerous that security eventually gave up trying to stop them. So I'm guessing they just played the game in between streakers. <laughs> Why was streaking a thing back then? I don't get it, like.
0: I have no idea what I mean, what it was that, a real
1: thing in the 70s. People did this and all the time. Maybe
0: it was a form of rebellion. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was cool, sort of like the way we wore jams. Okay. You wore jams. I did wear jams. Oh, gosh. In sixth grade, I think.
1: Fans threw approximately... I had a
0: rat tail, too.
1: I liked a rat tail back then. I would not know.
0: You wouldn't like me in the sixth <laughs> no. grade, I assure you. <laughs>
1: Fans threw approximately 20 pounds of hot dogs at the Rangers first baseman, Mike Hargrove. Now, what? Did, how did he measure this 20 pounds? Well,
0: I saw about 20 pounds worth of hot dogs <laughs> flying at me as I was trying to keep an eye on the ball, and now that's roughly about uh, 60, 70 hot dogs.
1: And they spit on him and tried to hit him with an empty gallon of Thunderbird wine.
0: Were they giving out free Thunderbird wine? No, that someone night? just brought that one they in their purse. They just brought that with them. Okay. <laughs>
1: Some of the fans decided it would be fun to try to tear the padding off the left field wall. At one point, the Rangers manager, Billy Martin, went to the mound to have a meeting with his pitcher. The crowd did not appreciate this. On his way back to the dugout, he blew a kiss to the crowd. Probably not his best decision of the
0: night. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, tick off (laughs) 25,000 people that are kept away from us by about 20 feet.
1: The crowd responded by throwing firecrackers (laughs) into the Rangers' bullpen, leading to its evacuation. For those of you who aren't baseball fans, the bullpen is where the pitchers stay and get warmed up to come into the game. So they had to get out of there. A friendly announcement requested that the fans cease
0: throwing things onto the field. Please, no (laughs) longer throw your hot dogs and marijuana cigarettes on a field.
1: This backfired and a litany of objects were hurled onto the field. How are they still playing the game at this point? You might ask.
0: Hey, like I said, how are they still playing the game at this point? Well, it was the seventies, and men were men. Well, you said I might ask, and (laughs) they aren't going to let
1: trash or gallons of wine or naked people stop them from playing America's pastime. So all this crowd participation seemed to drive the Indians to rally, and they managed to tie the game five to five in the
0: bottom of the ninth inning. This really sounds like a movie. I
1: know. And they have the winning run on second base, so things are looking up, but not for long. Uh Uh-oh. At this time, a 19-year-old fan named Terry Yurkic decided he liked the look of the baseball cap worn by the Rangers center fielder, so he decided to just jump down and take it. Why not?
0: I mean, hey, everyone else is just taking (laughs) kegs, shooting off fireworks, smoking the marijuana.
1: A confrontation occurred, and from where the ranger's manager was sitting all the way in the dugout, it looked like his player was being attacked. So what does he do?
0: Well, being that it's the 70s and these are a bunch of grown men, there's really only one thing I could think of, and it, it's, it's very, you know, civilized. They probably grab a baseball bat.
1: He did. He grabbed a baseball bat, and he charged onto the field, wielding the bat with his team following close behind. This is more than the drunk crowd can handle, and they start jumping out of the stands onto the field, and a full-scale riot breaks out. They bring out their knives and chains and clubs, which were just (laughs) pieces. I told you, chains. This is where you work in Harry Houdini. Were they
0: just giving this stuff out, like coming in the (laughs) gate? Here's your commemorative Cleveland Indians
1: studded club. The clubs were just pieces of the stadium seats that they dismantled.
0: Oh well, then that's totally the chains
1: fine. Had to come from Houdini. I it guess had to it.
0: come from Houdini. It took longer than a few paragraphs, but it feel like you've achieved the mm-hmm. goal. And uh, yeah, we can I, move I don't forward. have any
1: other explanation for the chains, but other than it was the '70s and Harry Houdini and,
0: and Harry Houdini.
1: Mm-hmm. A wave of fans stormed the field, hurling anything and everything they can, including steel folding chairs, rocks, radios, hot dogs, and batteries.
0: Oh, no, it's a fan coming off the fence with a steel chair. This is WWE now. (laughs) Yeah, he's coming in hot.
1: (laughs) The Indians manager, Ken Aspermonte, realized the Rangers were in real danger, so he led his team onto the field in defense of their arch rival.
0: Seems like the camaraderie comes together when your team's going to be murdered by (laughs) 25,000 unruly, drunk 18-year-olds.
1: Chaos ensues. The two teams managed to make their way back to their dugouts and escape, locking the doors behind them. After being hit in the head with part of one of those stadium seats and nearly being struck by a flying knife, head umpire, Kylak, decided it was time to end the game. He forfeited the game to the Rangers, calling the crowd uncontrollable beasts.
0: Oh no, so after all this has gone on, they directly caused their team to lose the game.
1: Made it all the way to the bottom of the ninth.
0: And had the, <laughs> the, the time the winning the run. run at second, yeah, had the Just winning a base run. hit would have won the game for him.
1: Right. I can't believe it took him that long to call it. Like I think uh, when the woman came out with her breasts, I think that would have been a sign of things to come.
0: They would have at least put a stop to the <laughs> surefire sign of things maybe. to
1: go. <laughs> the riot lasted a good twenty minutes, all the while the stadium organist played Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Radio announcers continued their coverage of the game, calling it an absolute tragedy.
0: That's probably not how you would have viewed it if you saw it at the time. This This is is
1: great! great. I would really pay money to see this game. Can you Uh, find it for me? It's archived somewhere. I'm sure I can find it. Eventually, the Cleveland Division of Police arrived and broke up the inebriated crowd, but not before some lucky fans got themselves some souvenirs. Someone stole all the bases. Literally stole all the bases. I
0: stole second,
1: and they've literally never been found.
0: You know they're in somebody's like man cave somewhere in Cleveland to this day.
1: Imagine right? someone's grandpa pulling out a base out of his attic and saying, telling leave him in the his story, will. <laughs> <laughs> telling about his night of ten cent beer and pandemonium. Nine people were arrested for disorderly conduct. That number seems really low.
0: It seems like nine people could have been arrested <laughs> in the line to get the beer, let alone everything <laughs> that happened on the field.
1: The Rangers made it safely to their bus and quickly made their way out of town. Dan Coughlin of the Chronicle Telegram hoped to interview the fans afterwards, but he was punched in the face. Not <laughs> once, but twice.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I bet that umpire hightailed it out of there Yeah. After this.
1: When asked to comment on the event, Lee McPhail, who was the American League president at the time, he said, quote, there was no question that beer played a part in the riot. That's all he had to say about that.
0: I mean, you know, I (laughs) don't take a rocket scientist to add two and two together and get six.
1: Yeah, I think he was right about that. So, do you think that was their last foray into the Tencent Beer Nights?
0: I would think that they would have learned their lesson, but knowing how men do things.
1: No. They brought it back the following month, on July 18th, and this time, over 41,000 people showed up.
0: They grew their fan base substantially.
1: Sadly, there was no riot this time. This time, they limited the deal to two cups per person.
0: Oh, that's far more reasonable is that at a time or just a with time. two hands or yeah. you know use your feet and you can roll yourself on <laughs> my problem
1: with this situation is when we get a beer at a concert it's a large you know tall beer and it gets hot before you're done drinking it yeah no matter what time of the year it's still going to get warm so how do you drink six beers before they get warm
0: uh, some people don't care if they're warm if they've had a bunch of them.
1: Oh, warm beer is disgusting.
0: Well, it depends on who you are. I think the Germans like their beer at room temperature.
1: <laughs> some of those that attended the event later wore shirts that read, I survived 10-cent beer night.
0: Oh, I mean, we need that on a shirt.
1: Many claim it was the best night of their
0: life. This sounds like it. You know, we had to, you know, it was everything you could hope for in a nostalgic experience. You had your your ten cent beers, obviously. You had your chains, you had your clubs, you had your marijuana cigarettes, you firecrackers. Had, you had your firecrackers, you had second and third base that you managed to steal <laughs> off of the field, and um, you didn't get arrested because only nine people got cornered.
1: This story makes me love baseball so much more.
0: You are a violent person and you <laughs> frightened me.
1: Fun fact I found out. The ranger's first baseman, who was nearly decapitated by that bottle of Thunderbird, remember him, Mike Hargrove? Yeah. He later went on to play for the Indians and subsequently managed the team from 1991 to 1999, during which time the Indians were named Organization of the Year by Baseball America in
0: 1992. Oh, uh, well, so it sounds like he didn't hold a grudge. This is
1: the happy ending. No one died, and there was cheap beer. All in all, a successful
0: event. That's how I judge things. Did anybody die? Right. Was the beer cheap.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: That's literally how I judge everything. Every event. So I think we've all learned a little something about baseball, whether or not you love the sport.
1: I hope we've turned some people on to be baseball fans. Check it out. It might how you might see a brawl.
0: <laughs> if that's what you're tuning in for, you're going to be a really bored person. Well, but if you want to watch, an the interesting fun thing sport, about
1: baseball now is that a lot of reasons people didn't like it was it was so slow. But now they've really sped up the game this season. Games that were taking three plus hours are now a little over two hours because yeah. they've cut out all the nonsense. Put
0: a pitch clock counter yeah. in. They've changed a thing called the shift, which doesn't allow the defense to move in a certain way anymore.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot more offense going on. A lot more because a lot of times games would be like one to nothing or two to one. Like there was never like. It wasn't often that you'd see high score in games, but now you see it all the time.
0: Yeah, we see games where the total score is approaching 20 all the time mm-hmm. now, which is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, so check out a baseball game.
0: Watch an Atlanta Braves baseball game. Maybe they'll win one at some point here soon.
1: What do you mean? They just won the night before last.
0: Oh, they did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they're still number one in their division. Still number if one they in lose the one East. game, he freaks out. He's like, oh, they suck. Still...
0: Well, I don't freak out.
1: <laughs> but you talk about them like they're trash. they scored six runs last night. and they. You know how many
0: um, runs the dude that stole the bases back then scored? He scored at least three. (laughs) And he probably took three kegs home with him. (laughs) So, there.
1: So, there. So, go watch a Braves game, guys.
0: So, this is going to bring us to the portion of the show where...
1: We insert graphic here. Ball game. (laughs) What What we're we're watching. watching. So, we had to watch a baseball movie. And I mentioned earlier my favorite was the 1989 classic comedy Major League, so we watched it again. This is probably the 100th time I've seen it. I have it memorized. I know everything about it. And well, it was funny. We were trying to find it online, yeah. and we had to rent it. And on yeah, it wasn't
0: on YouTube. Mm-hmm,
1: on, well, on YouTube it was, but you had to rent it, and it was $3.99.
0: You had to rent Oh, I meant Netflix. What am I thinking?
1: I don't know, but we rented it on YouTube. <laughs>
0: we did rent it on YouTube.
1: So, But on Prime Video, it was $3.79, so it's 20 cents difference. And I'm like, well, why not just get it on there? Because for 20 cents, we could have got two beers back in 1974. Two
0: beers. We could have been well on our way to beating somebody up with a chain and half of a concession stand.
1: <laughs> so for reasons unknown, we paid $3.99 and watched it on YouTube, but it was worth the extra 20 cents. Well,
0: our show's on YouTube. I just felt like we should support okay. the, the conglomerate. Mm
1: -hmm. They need our money.
0: (laughs) They do. They need your money.
1: (laughs) Anyways, the movie follows the floundering Cleveland Indians. The owner has recently died, and now it belongs to his wife, who is an ex-Vegas showgirl who hates Cleveland and wants to move the team to Miami. She seeks out the worst players she can find and hopes their attendance will be low enough to get them out of their contract with the city of Cleveland so she can move to sunny Florida. A ragtag group of characters played by Charlie Sheen before he went crazy. That we know of. I
0: mean, he might have been crazy, but it's before Before it was wide public knowledge.
1: Wesley Snipes, before he became a major star. Corbin Burnson. I'm sure you don't know who that is. Which character was it? Roger Dorn.
0: Oh, yeah. The jock guy that was, like, not a really good fielder.
1: Yeah. And Tom Berenger was Jake. But they all come together and try to thwart her plans. And I won't tell you if they succeeded. You have to watch the movie. So, Brett, how do you rate this movie based on our arbitrarily chosen scale of 1 to 12 dog treats?
0: Well, thank you for asking. And and what I'm going to say is I love this movie. And the reason I love this movie is for an actor that you didn't even mention. And that's it's got Bob Euchre in it.
1: Yes, I wanted to let you talk about him. And he you
0: is uh, or was a, I don't know if he still does, he might, but for the longest time he was the, Play-by-play announcer for the Milwaukee Brewers mm-hmm. for many years, and he plays Harry Doyle mm-hmm. in this movie, which is the announcer that's calling the games right. as they go on. And he's literally sitting there the entire game, every game, with like a fifth of Jack Daniels yeah. <laughs> just pouring it, and he's calling this stuff. And he says the funniest yeah, stuff, which I'm going not going to repeat. The one liners because I don't want to ruin it for That's you. It's really You haven't seen it, you need to go watch it. But just the way he goes on and on about it, and to the point where it's like nobody's watching this, and he's <laughs> yeah. like because they're fussing <laughs> like you can't at him say that on
1: radio, and he's like no one's listening anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it's hilarious, but it's it's a good movie. It's definitely not a family movie, but it isn't all that bad.
1: Yeah, um, I would recommend it for like you know teenager, you know.
0: 12, yeah, 13. It's pretty tame by the standards of a today, lot of things yeah. that are today. I mean, it has
1: some language and some kind of things, but a lot of things will go over younger kids' heads like it did mine. But I mean, you could watch the edited version, wait till it comes on TV and record it.
0: I'm going to give this one a, a nine out of 12. That low? I'll give it a give 10. Give it a 10 at I'll least. Give it a 10.
1: I'm sure you made me give Psycho Gorman at least a 10.
0: Well, yes. <laughs> We need to watch that again. Okay. I I want to watch Monster Squad again. I do too. So it's a 10. Okay. So, what is your rating?
1: I'm going to rate it a 12 because I could watch it. It's one of those I could watch every day, like just on repeat.
0: (laughs) It's really fun. Charlie Sheen was hilarious. Yeah. It's just
1: a fun, light movie and it's kind of predictable. You know what's going to happen, but you want to see it happen anyway. And everything's a success for everyone. But Assuming I'm not say, they
0: win, oh, I'm not know. saying
1: that they win, but personally, for each
0: person, they there's, succeed. There's character progress yes, and development. Yes, they
1: overcome their obstacles. obstacles. Yes,
0: and they they take their hero's journey.
1: Right, it's a hero's journey.
0: There you go. Charlie same.
1: Sheen comes from the Penal League of California. How'd
0: you get in there? <laughs> huh, stole, stole a, a car, car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he ends up playing for a major league baseball team.
0: Yes, he does. So that's going to bring us to the portion of the show that we like to call Layla Layla and Coffee Talk.
1: Talk. The girls were thrilled to have Grandmommy and Granddaddy here last week. They took their grandparents on nightly walks and got to share their meals.
0: They did. And every time we walk, Layla always makes sure to watch the entire pack, which Mm -hmm. is all of us and... Coffee. Mm -hmm. And if anybody falls behind, she's continually looking back. All right. we, We ain't going nowhere. Yeah. We're waiting for everybody to catch up. Waiting
1: for everybody. They even got to go out on the golf cart a couple of times. Layla is an expert golf cart rider. Coffee, not so much.
0: Yeah. She's pretty far from that.
1: She loves the idea of the golf cart. If they hear the beep that it makes when we're backing it out of the garage, she goes nuts. But once she gets on it, she freaks out and tries to kill us all by changing the gears. Oh, you want to drive forward. (laughs)
0: Here, let me step on reverse. Yes,
1: she does. She cries the whole time. But if you don't let her ride, she cries the whole time.
0: She kicks the door. It sounds like she's coming out.
1: So Layla tries to teach her how to sit calmly and enjoy the ride. But coffee just hasn't caught on yet. So, we'll keep trying, and hopefully by the end of the summer, she'll be an expert rider like her sister.
0: She hasn't learned much from her sister yet in the years that she's been around. Well, she's her
1: learned time. to manipulate. Like, when it's time for Layla to want something, she'll start coming over there and whining, and coffee just follows along with whatever Layla's she doing. She just starts
0: whining, but you can see it on her face. She doesn't she know doesn't what she's know whi- whining yeah, about. Yeah, she doesn't she know just what, just what it's about. Layla whining because she's like,
1: mm, Yeah, mm, yeah. Mm, yeah.
0: Mm. And she's staring at Layla because she don't know what's <laughs> going on, but she knows whatever it is Layla wants, she wants
1: to yeah. And we're about to leave for Vegas soon, so our son Elijah, who's home from college for the summer, is going to be taking care of them. So hopefully he'll have some good stories when we get back, and he'll keep them alive.
0: (laughs) I I certainly (laughs) hope the stories involve the dog still living when
1: we get home. I know, I know. Like, he's so quiet, I forget he's here. Like, he'll just walk into the living room randomly. I'm like, oh, you're here. <laughs> I oh, forgot.
0: <laughs> I forgot I had a second I for- son.
1: I did forget. You lived here for the summer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to find us online, you can go to com. You can find us on all social media platforms by looking for the user at scary Savannah. If you want to check out our merch store, we've got some new stuff there. If you go to our website and click on the tab that says store, it will take you right there. we got shirts and coffee mugs. Stickers, good things that you can go get with uh, logos. We've got a new uh, store vendor we're using now, and uh, I think the prices might be even a little bit better. And uh, so go check that out. We would also like you to go check out our Patreon, where we release exclusive episode every week. And you can do that here. All kinds hours and hours worth of extra material we've done. And yeah. All you have to do have is sign up stuff for over it there. for as little as $3 a month. It's patreon.com forward slash scary Savannah. The link's in our show notes. If you sign up for that, not only do you get exclusive episodes, but you can also help support the podcast financially so we can afford to keep doing this, especially since we're going to be coming back from Vegas, hopefully richer. Uh, Hopefully. But not necessarily. Speaking of helping out the podcast, Crystal would certainly like to get some coffee for her coffee mug. My little
1: Bucky's cup. And
0: uh, we would love you to go to our website. And at the bottom left-hand corner of the screen, there's a little yellow coffee cup icon. You click on that. You can donate coffee to the podcast. It would be very much appreciated if you could help support us in that way. And it would also get her some coffee. And we love the coffees in case you haven't been able to figure that out. I think we're low on coffee. And if you would be so kind as to go leave us a rating and a review, which you can do on Facebook, just like our friend Savannah did, or you can go do it on Apple or Spotify or multiple other places. Actually, there's a link on our website that you can go click on to go to the various places that you can leave us a review. And if you'd be so kind as to do that, it would really help us in our algorithm, as Crystal said, which is going to get us bumped up the charts so that maybe more people can find out about the show and we can, uh, you know, spread the wealth
1: Yeah, to new people are finding us all the time, and the more people share it, then the more we get listens from all over the place.
0: And we want to reach the entire world. Yes. When world finally domination. When we get there, that's when we're going <laughs> to take off our alien masks <laughs> and people find out we actually have been big government and big alien the whole time. Then you flip that little switch on your theremin, and then we, the whole world hears the signal and we take them over. It's sort of like a backwards uh, Independence Day plan. Perfect. It is. You
1: just revealed our big plan.
0: Oh, well, don't Better worry. I'll brainwash them all at the end of the <laughs> show. So that brings us to the portion of the show where you say some words and I try to figure out how to collectively erase humankind's consciousness.
1: Join us next time in Savannah where the ghosts and the good times live on.
0: But do you know who don't?
1: Unfortunately, Tencent Beer Night.
0: They got rid of it? I think so. Communists, all of them. They're all communists. You know what the only thing we can do about this is?
1: Go watch some baseball.
0: Oh, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say that we just go buy a few kegs from the store, take it out, and just start selling beer for 10 cents on the beach during the summer.
1: And we won't make any money <laughs> that way.
0: <laughs> well, you know, maybe we might water it down just, uh, okay. a, just a shade, you know? Okay. Maybe we'll put some kerosene in it. I don't it, know how a much a keg of beer
1: costs, but I think selling it for 10 cents a Glass is not profitable. Look, <laughs> Why
0: would- I'm not the money man. I'm the idea <laughs> guy here. You're you're the one that's supposed to figure I out how to make you meant this financially happen.
1: Buy the kegs and drink them. <laughs> oh, okay,
0: that sounds good. Join us next time.
1: That's my line.
0: Haha. <laughs>